And today I'm going to start, I'm going to talk about some rules. Sometimes rules are hard to follow. I don't know if y'all have noticed that before. I like to try to follow rules. I really do. I take rules very serious. It's important in my profession. And uh, it's important in my life. Um, I, I've shared with you a little bit about some of my, um, well, let's say less than stellar driving abilities. Uh, back years ago, I, I told you a few weeks ago, I got out of a few tickets. Um, but uh, when I was real young, there was uh, quite a few tickets I didn't get out of. Matter of fact, uh, the late 80s, and my driving record didn't get along real well. Uh, and it's not that I go really fast. I mean, on the interstate going, it's not that. It's just like when the speed limit is 35 and there's nobody around, you know, you're like, why not? So that's where I got most of my tickets. Matter of fact, in, in 1990, I was moving from Tennessee to South Carolina, and I got a letter from the driver's department that uh, was giving me an invitation to uh, participate in driving school if I wanted to keep my driving privileges. And that's the way they put it. You know, if you want to keep your driving pri privileges, you're going to have to go to driving school. But I was moving to South Carolina. I thought, I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm just going to wait and get a driver's license. When I get to South Carolina, everything will be okay. And that's what I did. I go to South Carolina, get a driver's license. It's all good. A few months later, I had the opportunity to interview for a job I really wanted. Really the job that changed my life in business. I really wanted to get this job. And I go through the interview process. They're ready to hire me. They are ready to hire me. And I'm like, man, this is going to be great. And then I look and I say, oh, it says you have to have a clean driving record. They had not asked me about my driving record. So I looked at the gentleman who was interviewing me. I said, look, I, said, I, I, I don't have a clean driving record. He said, you don't? I said, no. I said, uh, I've had a few tickets. Uh, he said, how long ago? And I told him, I said, some have been fairly recent. He said, where? And I said, well, I just moved here from Tennessee a few months ago. He said, have you had any tickets since you got to South Carolina? I said, no, sir. He said, when we run your DMV, it's going to be clean. South Carolina and Tennessee don't reciprocate. And I said, what? He said, yeah, all we do is run the, the DMV. Don't mention your driver record in Tennessee anymore. So you've got a clean driving record. I said, okay. So they ran my DMV report, gave me a copy of it. I've got a clean driving record. I was supposed to go, to keep my license in Tennessee, I was going to have to go to school. Now, you couldn't do that today because of the Internet. Everybody communicates uh, pretty uh, in, in real time, but I started with a clean driving record, and I got that job. And I looked at the man that hired me that knew about my driving record, and I said, "You don't know how much I owe you." He said, "You don't know. You don't owe me anything." Sorry about that. And uh, said, "You don't owe me anything." I said, "Well." I appreciate it. And that man, I would have worked for him the rest of my life except he left the company because I felt like I owed him. I felt like I was indebted to him. Because I did get that job and things did go pretty well 
And again, I learned a lot about business by working that job, but had I not moved from Tennessee to South Carolina, I would have never had that opportunity. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about some rules that we're supposed to keep that God gave us a long time ago that are still important today. Sometimes we think about the Old Testament, we think about the law, and we think, well, we're not supposed to follow it anymore. But the Ten Commandments, what I'm going to tell you about is the Ten Commandments are as important today as they are today that God gave them to Moses. Let me start by reading some scripture. And I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the Lord, the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath, Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your nor stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and, and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land, which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear, bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is, in your, that is your neighbor's. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for that scripture, Lord. I just pray that, uh, that today uh, we look at this word, Lord, to uh, strengthen our relationship with you. Lord, thank you for, uh, for these rules that you've given us. Lord, I just pray that uh, your words flow through me. If not, they flow in spite of me, Lord. And the people here receive the message that's intended. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It is, it is hard to keep rules sometimes. It is hard to keep rules. Some rules I don't have a problem with, but there's some that uh, sometimes... I'd rather not worry about. But when God gave these uh, commandments, they're really not suggestions. First, I'm going to talk to you about the reason for the law. Why did God give us the law? 
Was it to save sinners? We're going to find out, no, it's really not that. The law cannot save anyone. That's what Galatians 3.11 tells us. You see, these are some of the reasons that God gave us the law. One is to reveal His glory and holiness. And then in Romans 7.7 7, it says to reveal our sinfulness. Psalms 147 says to mark Israel as chosen and, separate, and separated them. Deuteronomy says to give Israel a standard for godly living. Galatians 5.24 says to prepare Israel for the coming of Christ. And then in Hebrews 10.1 it says to illustrate and type the way, we're supposed to, way a person is supposed to conduct ministry. So again, the law was not sent to save us. What was it sent for? What was it sent for? James 1, 22 through 25 says it's a mirror. It reveals our sins. The law reveals our sins. It's also a yoke. We're told in Romans 8, 3 that it's a yoke. Then in Galatians 3, 23, it says the law is a teacher. It points us to Christ and the need for Christ. And then in Hebrews, uh, also in, um, or actually in Colossians, it says that it's a shadow. It's contrasted by the reality and fulfillment found in Jesus. So the law did not accomplish certain things. It didn't make anybody perfect. Who's kept the law perfectly? Not me. I had my hand up. I'm going to put it down. I haven't. I haven't. The law does not make anyone perfect. It doesn't justify anyone. The law does not justify anyone. We find that in Romans 3. And the law does not give righteousness. It does not give peace. And the law does not give life. You see, the law can't make us whole. The law cannot make us whole. Only Christ can do that. That doesn't mean that we're not supposed to follow the law. It doesn't mean we're not supposed to follow the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are more relevant now than they were, or as relevant now as they were when God gave them to Moses. You see, the law is a guideline for Christian living. You see, the law, if we go by the law, if it weren't for Jesus, we would all be condemned. If it weren't for Jesus, we would all be condemned. You see, Jesus came to fulfill the law and set us free from its bondage. You see, in his life and death and his resurrection, Jesus did all that was necessary to set us free. He fulfilled the law. Jesus perfectly kept the law and fulfilled all, all of it. He became our Passover lamb, our scapegoat, forever taking away the demands of the law upon our lives. You see, the law wasn't given to make us righteous. Only Jesus can do that. It was given to show us that in ourselves, in ourselves, in our own works, we can't be good enough. But through Jesus, who did live a perfect life, then we can be redeemed. You see, the law opens our eyes that we need Jesus. Jesus met all our righteous requirements of the law. Jesus' death satisfied God's requirements for sin and obedience to the law. When we're in Him, when we're in Jesus, 
When we're in Jesus, we're redeemed. Jesus made the sacrifice for us. In Him, we move under grace. When we receive Christ as our Savior, He writes the law in our hearts. When we move into grace, He, li- he writes the law in our hearts. I titled this sermon, Written on Stone to Soften Our Hearts. Those words were written on stone. And when I think of stone, I think of something that's... Uh, uh, that for me, that it's pretty hard. It's my head. Uh, it's not as hard as I thought. <laughs> Found that out the other day. But but if we only have that knowledge in our head, and it never passes through the soft tissue of our heart, and we don't accept what Jesus did for us, it's just knowledge. It's just knowledge. We have to have love. We have to accept it in our hearts. Getting back to the story where um, um, I was shown grace over my driving record. Again, I would have worked for that guy forever. I owed him. I loved him because he gave me that opportunity. You see, through Jesus, even though we've broken the law, we've got a clean slate. When we accept Jesus, God don't reciprocate with our past anymore. We have a clean slate because Jesus lived a perfect life. Because he kept the law. But we can't get to the point where we think the law don't matter anymore. We can't get to the point where we think the Ten Commandments, oh, that's Old Testament, they don't matter anymore. We can't get to that point. Because that's a false assumption. When we get to that place where we need no guidelines, then we have entered lawlessness. We need some guidelines. We need some laws. We need some rules. We're human beings. We need to be set on a straight path. You see, but Jesus came to fulfill those. When we fall short, Jesus bridged that gap. And we learn from Jesus in Matthew 22 that he summed the law up in two commandments. He summed it up in two commandments. You see, because if we love God, we're going to keep those first four commandments. The first four relate to our relationship with God. If we're in a relationship with Him, we love Him, we can keep those first four. And then if we love our neighbor like we love ourselves. That's where the, the next six come in. It refers to our relationships with each other. If we love each other and we take care of each other, it makes, us, makes it easier to honor our father and our mother. It makes it easier not to kill or commit adultery. If we love each other, we won't steal. If we love each other, we won't lie. And we won't covet. But the thing about it is we're human beings. We fall short. We fall short, and that's where Jesus has stepped in. That's where his redeeming power, his blood, has set us free. You see, the commandments are not like rungs on a ladder. Where, oh, I kept this one today, I'm up a little bit higher. I kept this one today, I'm doing good, I'm getting higher. That's not what it's for. Again, the commandments are like a mirror. So we can see where we are. We can't be good enough for salvation. But thank God for what Jesus did for us. When he died and and, and was buried and was resurrected, he took our sins 
He took our sins to the grave with him and he left them there. You see, the only way we can receive that salvation is faith in Christ and Christ alone. Faith in Christ and Christ alone. I've heard, you know, if you can have faith, you can do anything. But you see, faith has to be specific. We have to have faith in God. Because ourselves, we're weak. Our faith needs to be in God. Through God, we can move mountains. Through faith in God, we can do many things. You see, can we keep these rules? Can we keep 100% of these rules all the time? We're humans. We're going to fall short. But through Jesus, all things can be accomplished. As believers in Jesus, we take what was given to us on that stone we place in our heart because we love Him. Because we know, because of His sacrifice, that we have a clean slate. When it goes from our head to our heart, that's when it makes a difference. Again, knowledge is wonderful. Knowledge is wonderful, but until we put it in practice, until we put it in love, Pretty much meaningless. Again, we want to keep the Ten Commandments because we love God, because we love each other. You see, because our hearts have been changed. Because our hearts have been changed, we're able to live a Christian life. You see, yes, the Ten Commandments are relevant today. They are relevant today. But praise the Lord, when we fall short, Jesus' grace is there. Have you received His grace? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or are you trying to please God? Are you trying to climb that ladder? If you are, it's going to get very tiring. If you're trying to, to climb that ladder to be good enough for God, it's going to get very tiring. It's going to be disappointment. The only way, the only way that we can be good enough is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The only way to please God is to come to Him through His Son. You see, we receive Him by faith. And He'll give us the power to do the things we're supposed to do. Every day we should be falling more and more in love with God and His Scripture. We should be falling more and more in love with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Have you received His grace? If you haven't, this morning would be a great opportunity to accept His grace. Or maybe you've been on this journey like me for a while, and sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget we can't be good enough, and we get disappointed in ourselves. We get disappointed in other people, and we've got, we have to remember that we can't be perfect. But through Christ, through Christ, we're redeemed. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for being here with us. Lord, just thank you for your word. Thank you for your Ten Commandments, Lord. I just uh, thank you most of all for sending your Son. Lord, thank you for sending him to, to redeem us, to make us whole. Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone listening this morning who has not accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that they come to that, that knowledge, that head and heart knowledge today. In Jesus' name.